Welcome to the RunFit365.com podcast, episode 29. Booyah! Welcome to the RunFit365.com podcast. I'm Travis. Hey, this is Dan. Hey, Dan. So this is episode 29. This is our final segment in our race prep series. It feels a little bit like uh, the last year of your 20s. You know, you're almost 30. Kind of feels weird. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and there's nothing cool about turning 30, if no. I remember right. Yeah. There's nothing cool about it. Yeah. So this is... So episode 28 was about, um, you know, really it was go time. It was race hydration, nutrition, and pacing. Now this is really about, you know, the races behind us, um, you know, how to properly recover, and um, you've got tons of tips on this stuff, right? Because you found a ton of information around it. <laughs> I found a, I found some varying um, information, and this one was hard for me to pull together because every everybody is unique in what level of recovery they need so i've got some tips i've got some various um methods this might be a total bust so we'll find out but uh, i got a, a really cool story ironically got an email today about a guy who pr'd three races in one weekend i definitely want to talk about that um you want to talk about it i want to meet the guy i know <laughs> kidding i know that's <laughs> pretty that? Three no. PRs in one weekend, and, and none of them were really planned. So um, definitely tell that story, and I'll, I'll interject that in, the, in here when it, it seems like the right time. But, um, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, the weeks after your race and, and kind of how to plan. Awesome. Well, just so you know, yesterday was the first day I've ran since Boston. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I took two weeks essentially completely off, and... Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm sure you're going to cover this, but I mean, I was sore for like three or four days after that race and yep. yesterday was the first day that I felt like it could go back out there and I didn't do anything fancy, but, um, to your point, I, I'm sure that it, it all varies and depends because I remember seeing people after the race that was just walking around like they, you know, just finished a 5K, and, and mm -hmm. I'm like, how are you guys doing that? <laughs> but, well, that's that's why it's so unique to everybody because there are those people out there, and I think you know the average person sees that and they go, "Well, I should get right back out there," and that couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, you really have to take both mentally and physically um, time off. You know, two weeks for you is probably perfect, and you don't want to go back too soon because of all the various issues that comes along with that so um you know, let's just jump right in why let's not let's do it let's do it um so you know so you've crossed the finish line you've done some of the things post race and now you're thinking to yourself now what i just accomplished something really cool um what should i be thinking about and so um the, the first thing i want to say about the whole thing is hopefully um you're not listening to this and and you've just finished because it's something that you want to think about ahead of time if you can. Um, and the reason is you want to kind of have a plan so you're not feeling completely deflated now. You know, you've put in tons of hours or tons of miles of training. And if you go into this with the week following or the weeks following and you don't have a plan, 
it could be a total bummer for you. So if, if you haven't had your race yet, start thinking about the weeks following right now so you can have a plan. And then, you know, just like what I said, it's unique to all of us, and there's no one good answer. I, in fact, you know, most of the things that we talk about can apply to most athletes. So, you know, we, we train by time because, at least that's the plans we have, because it applies to everybody. You know, a, a, an hour run for Travis is different than an hour run for Dan. So, you know, we can make sort of generalities and best practice based on that. But when you're talking about recovering, you know, the, the intent is the same for everybody, but the level and the, the time it takes for you to recover is completely different and pretty much unpredictable. It's basically, you know, based on, on how it's worked for you in the past. So thinking about what your, your primary focus should be right after a race is truly recovery. And, um, you know, you, you've just run, if you've run any kind of marathon, half, half marathon, you've got muscle soreness, you've got, you know, you've broken down the muscles so they're sore. Uh, your glycogen stores have just been demolished and so nutrition is a key. Um, and, and so your goal right now is to fully recover and the, the key word there is fully recover because the last thing you want to do is, is go in too soon and cause yourself, you know, mental issues with running or physical issues with running. So, while you're focusing on this kind of stuff, it's important to relax, obviously, take time off, focus on really good quality sleep because you know, those, we want those growth hormones to occur um, and that, that occurs at the deepest level of sleep. So make sure you get lots of hours and in the proper environment so that you can get the best sleep you can. Um, you know, you've been training for a really long time and hopefully focusing on nutrition this is not a good time to fall off the wagon completely and not focus on nutrition because your body really needs it to recover. But, you know, have some fun food as well. This is a time to, um, you know, celebrate a little bit, take a little bit of a break, do the things that, that you haven't been doing. So if that means for you eating some fun food, go for it. Just don't forget to also eat some nutritious stuff. So so when you think like fun food, give me a grace period because, you know, I've been doing that for like two, <laughs> like two weeks now. I probably should stop, right? <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to be you – know, I'm, I'm kind of uh, – on a lot of things I've, we talked about with headphones and music and treadmills and I don't want to be too rigid. But um, I would say for the period of time that you're not training for a race and this – this is ex exactly what we're talking about right now, recovery weeks after a race. And this could be, for some people, six to eight weeks. I mean, you could do um, very little or nothing for that period of time. Um, your goal shouldn't be to, to you know, gain a bunch of weight and feel miserable, but give yourself a break. So as long as you're not actively training for something and you're in that tr sort of transition phase, I give you permission to kind of eat some fun things as long as your focus is on nutrition at the same time, that helps. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, you're going to give me a hard time about that later, I'm sure. <laughs> right. Um, we talked a little bit last time about the ice and heat and contrast therapy. And I'll just repeat real quick that um, a study that was done that um, Simon, a friend of ours from RunFit community, had pointed out there was a study that basically they, that showed that ice, heat, 
or contrast therapy is better than nothing at all. So the gold standard is still cold, cold baths, ice baths, um, because of the inflammation and, and helps with the, um, you know, the soreness and stuff, but the heat also brings the blood flow back. So the bottom line is if you do any one of those things, it's probably better than doing nothing. And so for the next two to three days after the race, um, it's, it's appropriate to do that. Um, we talked about a little bit about massage too, and, and not to do it within the first um, one or two days, but two to three days after your race, you can consider getting a, um, a massage to help with the soreness and getting yourself back into shape there. So um, while you're doing this this sort of recovery, and we'll get into a little bit of a couple time frames and, and a couple methods that I've read about, um, you know, think about what, what happened in the race, what went really well, what didn't go well, because uh, chances are, you know, you're probably hooked at this point or you're a constant racer and you know you're going to do another one. Think about the things that um, that went well and, and didn't go well so that you know what to, to alter in your training for next time. Um, and this is a good time, if you haven't already, to start setting your next goals because, you know, there's this mental side. Um, I've actually read that it's called the blues, kind of like the baby blues. Um, a mom has her baby and, uh, you know, has all that attention and has this cool experience and then um, has the baby and then along comes the blues. Well, similar with running, you've, you've just, your life has been training in a lot of cases and now you don't have that same um that same commitment so it's kind of flat and so we'll talk a little bit about the mental side as well um, but setting goals and um, setting goals early is good because it'll it'll give you something to shoot for later so let's talk a little bit about how long um, recovery and this is this is a very wide range there, there really is no right or wrong answer here it's very dependent <coughs> excuse me very dependent on you and your body um, and it's something that really only you know when it's time. A lot, in, in fact, I read a lot of, of things about people just know when it's, when they're ready. Like Travis, you just went out for a run two weeks later, and that was the first time you thought um, that you could actually go and do it. So that was probably the right time for you. Yeah, yeah. So um, a couple things. I read about kind of two methods. There's probably more out there. The gold standard that I knew of before I started doing research is sort of the, the method of um, taking one day off for every mile you've raced. So if you've raced a half marathon, 13 miles, you want to take off about 13 days. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to take 13 days completely off. Um, you should take some days completely off. But a lot of athletes will go out there and, um, you know, they'll take two or three days off and they'll start lightly jogging and get back into it. Some will take two weeks off completely and then start lightly, you know, light activities and some people, you know, can take weeks off. So, um, so 13 mile race, you're talking 13 days and 24. I'm sorry, 26 mile race, uh, you're talking um, 26 days off. Uh, so, you know, maybe a good rule of thumb there is, um, in addition to one day off for every mile raced, maybe about 50% of those are you should consider totally taking off. Um, and then another, and the rest of the 50% starting some of that light activity, which we'll talk about in just a minute. Um, the other method I read about, which I hadn't heard of before, but it does make sense, and kind of ties into 
the whole, um, you know, racing by time versus racing by, or sorry, training by time versus training by miles is to take um, four to six days off per hours that you raced. So, for example, if you ran a half marathon in two hours, that would be, you'd be looking at about eight to 12 days of sort of that recovery period. Or if you raced, um, let's say, an hour 45, be a seven to 10 day uh, recovery period. So just another way to sort of calculate um, basically what you might be um, looking at. But again, it's these are just total guidelines. And, and in fact, one of the things I read and I confirmed is there's really not a whole lot of research out there for, you know, how to, how to make it um, predictable. And everything that I read, uh, it basically says the rule of thumb is not to do any hard workouts to avoid races uh, for a, at least four weeks for a half marathon and four to six weeks um, for a marathon. So if you have several races planned throughout the year, keep that in mind. And there's there's plenty of people that, and this might be a good time to interject our, uh, our story, there's plenty of people that race all the time. They do weekend races and um, they might take a week or two off, but then they're back in the saddle. And, um, you know, there's people, obviously you can do that uh, if that's your body type or if that works for you. But not, definitely not everybody should do that. And so it's definitely unique to you. But um, to get a little bit about the story, um, I got an email today from Nick. He's from the U.S. And I, I, I kind of had to scroll through. He, gave me a, he sent a really long story. It was really fun to read. Um, it's always good to hear when uh, your stuff actually helps people accomplish their goals, and that's what happened here. But he started listening to our podcast at the beginning of the year, and within a few weeks of that, starting listening, he had his very first half marathon. And so um, his first half marathon, he had a 145, which is fantastic. That's a great time um, for you know your last mar- half marathon. I mean, it's, it's a great time in and of itself. But he also grabbed one of our training plans and um, started to train for his next one, which was only about eight weeks away. And so he, he, I think he said he jumped right into about halfway into a 16-week immediate plan, which normally I wouldn't suggest. But he obviously had a lot of hours and training in and, and had a pretty good um, idea of what he was doing. So he jumped in the middle of a 16-week intermediate schedule. Um, and he signed up for, he signed up for a race. Um, I'm not going to say the name of the race. I don't want to give away any more information about him. Um, unless he gives us permission to, but he entered a race where, uh, on like, a, I don't know, probably Saturday, you run a 10 K and then a five K an hour later. And then the next day you run a half marathon. That's insane. <laughs> to me, that's insane. And obviously kind of goes against what I just said about recovery and, you know, taking time off and things like that. But obviously it works, it works for some people. Recovery is overrated for neck. <laughs> Evidently. I mean, seriously. Evidently. So, um, he said he, he had a really, um, good training session, no injuries. He did have a little bit of an issue the week of, uh, week before, which he attributes to a, a training run on a, a trail. Um, and he had set a, a pretty 
aggressive goal for himself. He had a 145 in his first one. He wanted to shave about five minutes off, so he gave himself a, a goal of a 140, which is a really huge impre- uh, uh, improvement within you know eight weeks. That's that's a lot of improvement to shoot for, but you know that's what goals are for. And then he he uh, went ahead and did the 10k this this the day before. So. Um, in his words, and I'm, I apologize, I'm scrolling through this and trying to summarize it, but um, he, he started doing his 10K and went out a little too fast. And as he realized he's going out too fast, he got mad at himself because he thought, well, I'm, I'm screwing myself for tomorrow. You know, I'm going out too fast for my 10K, um, you know, I, I, but I'm going to keep going at this pace anyways because I might as well. So he'd never done a 10K before. And um, his first 10K was a 46.37, which is pretty awesome. And then an hour later, he started his 5K, which I don't know how you do that. I mean, I couldn't do it. And then he said, you know what, after I went ahead and did this 10K at full tilt, I'm going to go, I'm going to go just go for it for the 5K. So he did his 5K and beat his 5K, um, his, his PR there by almost two minutes. So again, two two PRs in one day, and the next day he still got to do a half marathon. So in his mind, he's thinking, "Well, I've just totally screwed myself for tomorrow." PRing but by then, two, the PR by two minutes in a five k is like PRing <laughs> by like an hour in a marathon. I mean, I know that's to, huge. to shave two minutes off of a five k PR. That's pretty impressive. And so his goal again was to shave his um, half marathon from just eight weeks or so earlier by um, five minutes. And so I kept reading this story thinking at any minute it's going to you know, turn south. But even he talks through the whole thing and, and the race didn't go ideally, you know, um, all the things that he talks through. But he, he ended up with a 137.50 almost. It's a little over seven-minute improvement from just eight weeks prior um, after he PR'd a 5k and a 10k the day before and totally exhausted himself and started um the the half marathon on exhausted legs and i just thought that is truly incredible to to even read through the story and what i'll probably do is is put um at least summarize or or put it on a blog so people can read the whole thing because it's actually kind of fun but it just goes to show that all these guidelines out here are some of them are pretty conservative some of them are pretty aggressive but for nick he doesn't need much recovery, evidently, and can just go full tilt. Now, that might bite him in the butt at some point, but um, at least in this example, it, it worked out really well, whereas some people might need to take six months off, you know. So I just thought that was an awesome story. It's awesome. It's so cool. Yeah. So, again, um, this is these are things that you need to do by feel. It's both physical and mental. You don't want to go back, even if you're physically ready, if you're not mentally ready. And don't underestimate the mental side of things. You know, you could not be ready to run um, or train for something for quite some time. Make sure to listen to your body and, and be aware that it's unique to you. So, you know, we talked a little bit about some time frames. Um, could, could be, you know, something like one week off and then some starting some light activity for a half marathon could be a week or two off for a marathon and then you know another two weeks or so of light activity before you start transitioning into some other training that light activity could be 
anything that isn't putting a whole lot of intensity and volume. So, uh, for example, walking is perfectly is great. Actually, helps the blood flow back to your muscles uh, better than a lot of things do. So, some walking, some light running, um, light cross training, but only things that are not um, high exertion. So, things like swimming, cycling, um, hiking. So basically anything that is low intensity and low volume are things that you might consider. Uh, no, no heavy activity. You know, that's, that reminds me of what in college we'd have a little gap between seasons. You know, you'd have the cro- your cross-country season in the fall, and then you have a small break, maybe two to three weeks. Then you'd move right into indoor track. And at that time, coach would give up – he would call it active rest. So we wouldn't have an active training plan. We wouldn't be on a cycle. Um, but he would have, um, he'd say it's okay to run. It's okay, you know, to bike and swim, but just don't overdo it. It's almost identical to what you're describing. And that's, um, I, I think that's a good kind of term that almost resonates with, um, you know, if you're not in a training cycle, if you consider it active rest, it's not like you're taking, you know, 26 days completely off. I'm, I mean, we're runners. We, it's almost nearly impossible for us to do that. But giving yourself that kind of freedom to say, I'm just going to enjoy running again, you know, run with groups, run with friends, and not be on a plan. Um, you know, when you started talking that through, that that's the term our college coach would call it, active rest. I like that. That's That's really good because it enforces that it's okay to rest and it's okay to add some activity. So that's a really cool term. Um, one more thing I was going to talk about the mental side of running, but one more thing I wanted to say is, you know, we've talked about in the past watching your resting heart rate uh, within your training cycle to, to know whether you're doing too much because your, your heart rate is pretty telling in terms of how much overload it's on. And so you can do the same thing within the recovery period um, you should, if you're monitoring it throughout the training period, you should have an, a, a pretty good awareness about what your resting heart rate is when you're not overloaded and you're um, well-rested. The same thing applies here. If you can watch that resting heart rate, as your body recovers from your race, it, it will tell you physiologically, um, it's a pretty good indication anyways, uh, when your heart rate's back to that normal state, it's a pretty good indication your your physically back to normal. So, you know, that might be something that you can objectively look at to, to know when it's about right time. Uh, from the mental side, you know, we talked about the blues a little bit. I think what's hard is, you know, what we just said about the having volume, a lot of volume, running hours a week, you know, maybe even 20, 22 miles in a week to basically doing nothing and, and a lot of times not doing anything for a week or two. That's hard to grasp onto, and a lot of people worry about: Am I going to lose my fitness? Um, am I going to, if I do this for too long, am I not going to want to get back to it? Um, it's just it's hard to go from high volume to to no or low volume. So again, can't stress enough: make this part of your race plans. You know, most people do a pretty good job about planning for their training through race day, through um, you know the recovery right after the race. But most people don't think much about, you know, what's going to happen in the weeks following. So make that part of your plan ahead of time. And then um, I think I've mentioned this already. Set new goals. Uh, 
to make sure that you do get back to it. Just make sure that you're flexible with those goals and it corresponds with, you know, when you're truly ready. So, um, you know, don't do too much too early. There's really no scientific guidance whatsoever uh, to, to give you, um, you know, solid for everybody, unique to all of us. Um, I did read somewhere that it, it basically takes as long as you, as you recover. So if you took a month off, it'll take you another month to get back to where you were. So basically that one-to-one um, -one ratio, I don't know if that's scientifically backed, but um, that does sort of make sense that if you recover for a month, it'll take about a month, or if you recover for a week, it'll take about a week. Um, so there's a couple things, and once you've kind of recovered and done, done a little bit of that light activity, so you're, you've decided for yourself, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to start going again. Um, there's a couple... There's a couple of things you can do to kind of get back into it. Um, and I'm afraid I, I don't know the right answer here either. One easy answer is, let's say you've got another race, 16, 20, 28 weeks, whatever. You've got another race you're training for and, and you have enough time to do a full plan. There's no reason you can't just start at the beginning of a plan and just start over. Um, it might be really easy at the beginning because you're used to high volume or high intensity. Um, it's not going to hurt you to just start all over. Um, and, and perhaps even, you know, so you don't lose some of the speed you've already accomplished, add a little speed work in early or, you know, exchange an easy run for a fart lick or something like that. That's, that's pretty simple to do and relatively conservative. There's some more aggressive paths, and um, I've read about what's called a reverse taper, and that's essentially where you build back up uh, your volume, kind of how you weaned from that volume uh, leading up to race day. So in one example I read about, um, basically the week one was no running. Week two was sort of the light activity we talked about with some short runs. Week three was uh, easy runs with some tempo and race pace, or tempo or race pace, not both. Uh, week four was easy run, but increasing the volume of the easy run um, and keeping that race or tempo pace. Five was reintroducing longer runs, so increasing your volume at five weeks out. And then um, week six was basically where you start back uh, training for your next race. So again, that doesn't fit for everybody. Not everybody does tempo runs within their training plan because it's not appropriate. Um, so it's, it's just really hard. This is where having a one-on-one -on -one coach is really beneficial because they can help guide you with what's right for you versus, you know, doing a podcast or having sort of cross the board plans that works for the majority of people. It's, this is a really hard thing to, to talk about in generalities and, and make it easy for everybody. One of the things I thought about, and I don't know when I'll find the time to do it, but all of our plans are really based off of a fresh start. And um, this was sort of just as I was thinking through the content, thinking that it would probably be a good idea to create some plans that are sort of get back into it race plans so that, you know, there's a little bit more meat to this, um, the recovery portion of things, and then, um, you know, getting back into it for another race. So it might be something we consider in the future, uh, but, you know, just finding time to do that. Yeah.
So that's really, in a nutshell, is kind of all over the place like I thought it might be. What thoughts do you have, Travis? No, I, no, I thought it was good. The, the thing I took away was it, it's really situational. You know, you've got to listen to your body. Um, and, and what you reviewed are essentially some guidelines and parameters, you know, for us to respond to and at least um, check out. But <clears throat> my key takeaway was, you know, listen to your body and use that as a guide and um, help determine when best to get back in there mm-hmm. and get after it. Yeah, and then don't don't take just because somebody else says this is what I did or don't feel that as pressure to keep going because, again, you don't want to go too too soon. That could cause you some issues down the road. Yeah. And not everyone can be Nick, and I still don't know how he <laughs> PR'd like three times. <laughs> just crazy. I told him, I said, I want to hear. I emailed him, and I just talked a little bit about how amazing that was. I want to keep hearing. He's training for his first marathon. Uh, he's got a couple half marathons, I think, in uh, the next month, coming, coming months, and he's training for a marathon. He's going to use our plan for that. So I'm very interested to see how this guy does. Yeah. They'll probably PR by like 45 minutes. <laughs> Who knows? It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So th- this really wraps up our race prep series, Dan. If you think back to, you know, the first race, you know, episode or series one, it's actually episode 26. We talked about chafing blisters, toenails, kind of that race day checklist idea, and then race day shopping list, series two which was episode 27, was really that <clears throat> kind of the night before the race, how to prep mentally and uh, make sure you're all set to go for the race, and then on up to that starting line before the gun goes off. Mm-hmm. Episode 28, which was race prep series three, was really go time. So the gun goes off, it's race prep, you know, hydration, nutrition, and pacing. And then wrapping up with episode 29, Race Prep Series 4 was essentially the day and kind of how best to recover from your race. Yeah, I feel like uh, the last month has been pretty easy to prepare because they're all on the same topics. So uh, note to the listeners, if you've got ideas um, for things we haven't covered in other podcasts, please let us know because I feel like I'm, I'm fresh out of content at this point. i got to put my thinking hat on, so it would be really good to hear. Yeah, we'll pull back out the random runner swirl next week. <laughs> oh boy, that'll get people <laughs> trying right. to tell us what they want to hear. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, drop, like Dan said though, drop us an email on your thoughts for the race prep series if that was helpful, and um, if we missed anything, as always, just let us know. And there's multiple ways to you know connect with us. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and um, a lot of people um, go to runfit365.com. And in the upper banner there, there's a contact us page. It's a really simple form. Um, That's how most people interact with us. But um, that email goes to support at runfit365. um, And and we do our best to check that email. Um, Some of us are better than others. I think Dan (laughs) checks it like all the time. (laughs) Like like the email for Nick, he he sent me a text and said, have you checked the support account yet? I said, no. (laughs) So... um, but we, our commitment to you is to help you become better runners, and that's kind of our mission. And um, it, it really does. We talked a little bit about you know those stories. Um, not only are they inspiring to others, we really enjoy reading those and 
um, it connects us back to purpose on why did we start this thing in the beginning and um, you know our mission statement is just to improve every runner that crosses our path so um, let us know how we're doing by the way I'm just in awe again reading Nick's note and the last paragraph it says not bad for my fourth, fifth, and sixth races ever. He's a brand new runner. He's accomplishing <laughs> these things, so I just that blows my mind. That's too cool. That's too cool. So Dan, look at this. We're right about thirty minutes here. Um, anything before we close our race prep series? Hmm. I can't think of anything. Um, but again, I hope people. Um, Hope it was it was useful for everybody, and and hopefully they let us know if we missed something, so we can go back and, and capture that. So I don't think so. Cool, Dan. Thanks again for all the research and prep you put into this, because I know um, that you did a lot of um, online research preparing for this. So um, you're the man. <laughs> so all right. Well, that wraps up episode 29 um, in true RunFit 365 fashion. Have a great week, happy training, and booyah.